Hello and welcome to CX Today. My name is Charlie and today I'm delighted to be joined by Joop Everts, SVP of Customer Service at Elsevier. Joop, thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well and thank you for having me for this call. Excellent. Well, it's great to have you uh, join us. It's always great to speak to end users to discuss, and you know, finding out about all their experiences in implementing the technology that we so often write about. And today we're going to be discussing kind of Elsevier's journey into transform its contact center Asian experience. Um, so, but before we get into that, I think maybe the first question I should ask you for anybody that doesn't know, obviously Elsevier is a big company, especially here in Europe. Um, but maybe for some people who don't know, could you tell us a little bit um, about what the company does? Yeah, so Elsevier uh, historically came out of uh, publishing, um, mostly scientific articles uh, and medical articles. Uh, they used to be published in journals typically. Over time with the internet coming in, more and more of those that content was published online and uh, in databases that people can search and find the uh, scientific information. So it's typically used by universities research institutions, hospitals, and those type of institutions. Those are our customers. Excellent. Excellent. And I think, uh, I think it's a great little intro into the business. Now it'd be kind of great to get into kind of the, uh, the, the conversation as I framed it earlier in terms of the context into Asian experience. So I guess the next best question to ask you is kind of what, why, why did you decide to revamp the Asian contact center Asian experience? Um, so, so I took uh, responsibility for customer support about four years ago. Uh, we had a customer satisfaction number uh, of about 86 percent. Uh, and at that time, we wanted to see how we were stacking up against uh, our competition. So we did a, a, a review, uh, brought in some consultants, and they, um, they, they looked at our uh, customer experience and compared that to other companies, both uh, in our uh, historical industry, uh, the publishing industry, but also more into the digital native companies, companies like Salesforce, Slack, those type of companies, which we are moving into more and more as as an inter analytics company and a, and a data company. Um, what we were finding is that uh, compared to our historical uh, competitors, we were doing pretty well, uh, but the customer satisfaction of the um, uh, digital native companies were much more in the mid-90s. So we set out a program which we called CSET95 to move us to uh, on par with those digital native companies. Uh, and as part of that, we looked at different strategies that we could uh, deploy. Uh, and one of the uh, uh, um, yeah, levers and accelerators that we thought we would introduce was customer interaction analytics. Hmm. Excellent. Yeah, and I think customer analytics is a, is a great technology. It'd be interesting maybe to dive into that um, a bit later, but just going back to, you know, you said you set the goal of getting a 95% CSAT rating. Um, to, to get you towards that goal, what other kind of goals did you set to, at the start of the transformation project? Yeah, so they, uh, the consultants came with a full report, but also with a number of, uh, of um, uh, recommendations that we looked at. So one was the performance of our agents was one of the uh, areas. We also found out that there were a lot of capabilities, basic capabilities that our agents were missing. Uh, and we found that out by talking to them, seeing what they did, uh, simple things like a co-browse tool that would work, 
or um, and, and some other simple simple things that we could change. So we set out on a program where we fixed a number of capabilities directly for the agents. We introduced interaction analytics to improve uh, the quality of the agents. And the other part that was out there is uh, create a feedback loop, the voice of the customer, back to our product teams because originally customer dissatisfaction or customer experience is impacted by how well your products are doing. So if you can get that feedback loop going back to our product teams to say, hey, my users have problems with this part of the functionality, of this part of the functionality, you can improve the products and hence the customer experience as well. Yeah, yeah, I think there's, so I think there's three really great things in that. I mean, first, introducing the co-browsing um, tool, and that's obviously a great tool in terms of you know, you can see what's on the agent screen and instead of people having to communicate the problem, they can see it. They can often see what's just in front, uh, the problem in front of them. So I think that's great. Also, the analytics, maybe to spot areas in which um, agents can improve their performance. Um, and then also you maybe using that technology too to create that feedback loop uh, that you were talking about. So lots of, uh, lots of really uh, great stuff there. And now let's maybe talk about the kind of the, your experience working with your provider, I believe it was Qualtrics uh, who you worked um, with this. Why did you choose Qualtrics to help you kind of meet those goals? So at, at the time, it was still Clara Bridge. <clears throat> uh, they got later acquired by Qualtrics. Um, uh, and what we found, we actually did an RFP with uh, um, um, multiple vendors. Uh, and we were looking at three use cases. So. Um, the, the, the three areas that we were really thinking that this could help us was first the agent performance by looking at the quality assurance uh, in an automated way. Um, and maybe I should tell first what customer interaction analytics does. Um, so it actually um, ingests all of the interactions at verbatim into a, into a database and then it has analytical tools on top to interrogate all those conversations and pull out insights. Now, we wanted to do three things with those insights. One was to feedback to our agents when they were not giving a professional experience to our customers and that could be language they use, uh, silences that they leave for too long, uh, maybe negative words, those kind of things a tool can bring out, and that is quality assurance that you can bring to your agent. That was one thing. The other thing that it can take out is to look at the uh, what are the reasons your customers are contacting you. So what are the problems that they're encountering? Because they will voice that in their conversations with uh, our agents. And that helps feeding that back to our product uh, management teams. And the third that we were looking for was to uh, power our chatbots in the future. Uh, because you need to find out what is the customer actually asking, which in, in terminology is intent recognition. What's the intent of the question from your customer? Because once you know what they're looking for, then the machine can start trying to find an answer for that question. But there's a thousand different ways in, in which customers can ask basically the same question and your your chatbot needs to recognize those thousand different ways. Now you can get that out of all of the conversations from the customer. So that was the third use case. So we put those three use cases in an RFP, had vendors uh, come in uh, and tell them about their capabilities. Uh, and ultimately we chose uh, ClaraBridge at the time because they were really keen in working with us on developing the product f further. They were really 
they were really bought in on the use cases that we were going to go after, uh, and they were willing to work with us, whereas some of the other vendors were more providing us an out-of-the-box solution, take it or leave it, uh, this is what we offer, we think it's great, uh, and, and, and yeah, you just need to sign on the dotted line. Uh, and we found that Clarabridge at the time was really willing to work with us on developing yeah. those use cases. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing actually as you speak how many great um, contact center initiatives start by just analyzing your demand drivers and what's coming in from the contact center. There's so yeah. much potential and also kind of those things that you mentioned as well, kind of the periods of silence and the negative words and things like that, that, that drives a lot of value too. But you know, in terms of the intent, the fact that you can you know, educate your conversational AI performance, you can maybe create strategies, maybe bringing your co-browsing tool around certain intents and figure out the journey that comes when a customer calls in about a certain intent. I love that. I think it's whenever I speak to contact centers, the ones that really understand the demand drivers seem to be really uh, much further ahead in their development. I think that's Great. So you kind of you, you've let's kind of moving on now. You've mentioned you've created those three um, those three use cases. You kind of spoke that you deployed uh, speech analytics. Were there any specific tools within the Qualtrics uh, portfolio that you uh, ended up implementing? So that's that's the uh, what what, his, what used to be Clarabridge. It became Discover XM yes. in the portfolio. So Discover is XM is what we are uh, deploying. Uh, and, and we're serving those three use cases with Discovery XM. The agent performance is more or less done. We did that the first, that was our base layer. Uh, it was also, we chose that as the first to get our, cost, uh, our contact center used to analytical tools. Uh, there's, a, there's a change management component to this as well to make sure that your agents are going to work in a different way and they rely rather than on other people telling them stuff. They uh, have to get used to a machine telling them how to do stuff um, uh, with all of the aspects of false positives, false negatives, that they, it's easy to highlight those, but it doesn't, you need to look at the trends, not on the individual comments. Uh, and, and yeah, there's a change management aspect to making sure your agents work in that way. So we did that. Um, we have implemented the, um, uh, the, uh, the root cause analysis as well, so that's done as well, and we're currently working on the intent recognition to power the conversational AI. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you've got so many uh, great initiatives going, um, which is uh, which is fabulous. But now, I guess the big question uh, for me is, um, what were the kind of the results of your trans? What have been the results of your transformation so far to this point? And have you got to that ninety-five percent CSAT goal? So we have not yet gone to the 95%, but we're at 94%, which is still uh, from 86 to 94 is uh, at least in our company seen as a, a huge st step forward. Uh, and we're well on track to, to get to 95 uh, this year. Um, so we're not there yet. Maybe call back next year and I can tell you whether we've <laughs> achieved it, but we're, we're well on the way. And have you seen maybe those gains in CISA? Have you seen that kind of, um, in other areas of the, have you seen kind of agent engagement increase too from the from the advancements that you've made? Maybe other metrics that you kind of keep an eye on in the contact center. 
Yeah, I think uh, we've definitely seen. So we we use uh, we measure our employee employee engagement uh, throughout the company. We do that at, through multiple tools, uh, a survey once a year. But we also have a tool called Office Vibe, where we every two weeks there's just a quick pulse survey to see how people are doing, and uh, we we've seen that um, the engagement of our employees has gone up as well. Uh, most my hypothesis is is because because we have shown that we really believe customer experience is important and we're investing in this area, um, that that is felt by the uh, customer service agents uh, as well. I think too often contact centers feel that they are just left there holding the bag of anything that goes wrong in the rest of the company uh, and it's not really a priority. That's how a lot of contact centers feel and, and by investing in this area, making it important, even though we try to, uh, even by saying we want to get to 95% CSAT, I think we signal that this is important, that we're investing in it and that has driven employee engagement up as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost kind of you're approaching it from three buckets. You want the customer satisfaction to go up, you want the engine engagement to go up, and you're also kind of bringing in the business outcomes as well. So you're meeting the needs of each of those three state, uh, key stakeholders that the contact center has. So I think that's um, excellent. And I think and th well, there's the an old saying. Thing. There's an old saying that says, "Happy happy employees makes happy customers." So. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And we see that time and time uh, again in this industry, I suppose. And I just kind of maybe want to now reflect on the, your overall experience a little bit more and talk about throughout this transformation process. If you were to maybe have a time machine to when you first started this, uh, when you were first engaging with uh, consultants, is there anything maybe you'd wished you'd known beforehand or any changes you would have made to your approach? Um, well, yes. Uh, probably we did things in the in the end anyway, but we learned and we probably should have started earlier. One of the big components that we underestimated was uh, change management. Uh, the impact of working with these new tools for your contact center. Um, we course adjusted, so we put a, a big change management effort in, uh, but we only did that about a year in. And, um, and it was after we noticed that the adoption of these tools was not uh, as much as we would have hoped. And we underestimated the... Uh, I guess the fear or the anticipation or maybe the lack of knowledge of working with analytical tools uh, that what that was uh, hindering our teams in adopting uh, these new technologies. Uh, so at that point we changed course and we put uh, a significant change management in place. In hindsight, I would have done that from the beginning. Yeah, but it, that that's such a com I mean, I, I saw a piece of Gartner research maybe a couple of months ago which says. 45% of uh, contact center agents are not using new tools that they're given just because, you know, they're so accustomed to the workflows that they already Correct. have. And sometimes it seems like such an effort, even though if they do kind of uh, learn, if they do learn them, it's such a, it lowers the burden so much in the long run. But that initial change just seems so frightening almost. Um, Correct. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's but it's great that you kind of considered that at all. A lot of kind of businesses would just kind of implement a shutdown strategy and then panic ensues. Uh, so, but I think yeah, I think that's a great lesson to anybody uh, going through um, this process. And I'd love to delve into that more. I'd love to maybe talk a bit more about kind of the speech, speech analytics uh, system and how you're building a conversation 
conversational AI too, but mm-hmm. if, if I asked you all those questions that we'd be here for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we can save that for another time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think it was a really great conversation. I think there's so much um, people can get, get from this. So thank you very much uh, for joining me today. You. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Excellent. And uh, also thank you to everybody for watching. Bye for now.